You've seen our research on social media. Now, join us as we dive deeper into the public health topics of our time, featuring new studies and findings generated by our faculty and researchers committed to advancing health equity. From the Department of Population and Public Health Sciences at Keck School of Medicine of USC, this is Preventive Pros, the podcast. My name is Heather Whitfley. I'm an associate professor in the Department of Population and Public Health Sciences. I'm also the director of our undergrad educational um, programs, including the major in global health and the major in health promotion and disease prevention. I run the Global Research Implementation and Training Lab, which is a research center that is doing a number of different research projects and programs uh, all over the world, but primarily in East Africa and with a concentration in Uganda. And the projects range from everything from adolescent health to tobacco cessation with HIV patients. We had um, four students, um, undergraduates and masters of public health students, um, join a, another team in Uganda um, for a number of activities and research and programming. It included a learn to swim and water polo camp um, focused on teaching youth living on Lake Victoria about drowning prevention and basic swim survival skills. Drowning is a major public health challenge in East Africa and especially in Uganda, where the um, rates of drowning are much higher than anywhere else in the continent and elsewhere in the world. Much of Uganda is um, underwater with Lake Victoria, the second largest lake, as well as many other lakes and rivers, including the Nile River. And so drowning is a major problem. So we were doing drowning prevention work in the community. We also partnered with the Ministry of Health, Swim Safe Uganda, and the Ugandan Swim Federation in putting together Uganda's first ever World Drowning Prevention Day event. It was held on um, July 25th at Rainbow International School in Kampala, and it involved a number of different activities and events. We had an exhibition water polo game between some American water polo players um, who joined us, as well as the National Ugandan Water Polo Team. We also had some demonstration swim races with the Ugandan Swim Federation, and we um, had some demonstration learn to swim exercises showing how we were teaching kids how to swim and how to float and showing also some swim um, rescue uh, skills, how to save someone when they're drowning. And the audience for this was high level policymakers and community members from really throughout Uganda. And then we also had a number of um, speeches, testimonies from drowning survivors um, and from first aid responders, as well as from high-level officials from the Ministry of Health, the Ministry of Water, the Ministry of Transport, because drowning is, of course, a very multi-sectoral challenge. So we had all types of sectors represented, presenting, and then we gave out some awards to champions of drowning prevention in Uganda. It was a really fun and um, exciting day that brought media attention and um, some energy and motivation to future drowning prevention activities in Uganda. 
And um, out of that event, we formed a Ugandan um, drowning prevention steering committee that um, we are a part of and encouraging activities and thinking about things that will happen over the next year to support drowning prevention in Uganda. And that includes the national strategic plan, as well as more community outreach trainings, ambassador trainings, and importantly, more research on what's um, causing these drownings and how high the burden is and what can be done to prevent them moving forward. We did an initial pilot study in my Yuge district in Eastern Uganda, and the results of that research are just coming out and they're really troubling. There's a lot of work that we can be doing on the community level in terms of increased protections like fences and signs, um, at the policy level, in terms of making sure that boats and, um, are regulated, that life jackets are regulated and available. And also, again, as I mentioned, at the personal level, making sure that those, especially who live near bodies of water, know how to swim. When deciding what types of projects to pursue um, in Uganda and elsewhere, we really look to our community partners to identify challenges that they're facing and community priorities. Um, in terms of GRIT Lab, most of our work that we do is community-based participatory research. Um, and in that kind of way of approaching research, we often identify community members. Um, for example, we have a program called our Youth Public Health Ambassadors Program, where we worked with local authorities and local health teams to identify 30 young, promising youth in and out of school living in rural northern Uganda in the Lira district. Um, and we brought them in and interviewed them and then selected them to participate in a year and a half long youth public health ambassador program. And the first step was to train them in the basics of public health. Our students in the GRIT lab um, developed curriculum and workbooks and workshops for these youth along with students at Makerere University in Uganda. And together they delivered that curriculum both in person and over Zoom. And then as um, we brought those youth together to identify what were the challenges in their community and what were some of the priorities that they wanted to focus on and research. And out of those discussions, a few things came to the top, including malaria, which remains a major challenge in their community, nutrition, sanitation, and sexual reproductive health. Um, and so we worked with them to create a community health assessment that would look at specifically those issues. And our students helped create a survey instrument um, and tools and protocol that was then submitted for human subjects approval, um, both here in the United States at USC and in Uganda. And then went into the field um, with the ambassadors. The ambassadors went into the field, collected the data themselves, um, uploaded the data through tablets that we provided to them. And then our students helped them analyze and present the data. Um, we had a, a third workshop with them where we analyzed this data and we joined them in Kampala, where these youth ambassadors um, had traveled eight hours from their rural villages in northern Uganda to the capital, um, where they presented the data that they had collected um, in their community to um, parliamentarians, to the Ministry of Health, to experts at the School of Public Health, as well as the U.S. Embassy 
So it was a very exciting full circle moment for them to have been trained in public health basics, to be implementing a research study themselves and finding the data and the results about what are the burden um, of diseases and, and the challenges related to health in their community, and then to present those results to the policymakers um, and stakeholders in their community and in their country. So usually that's how we approach um, our priorities. We ask our partners, we work with community members, and they identify the priorities for us moving forward. If I had to choose one moment during the last trip when I felt that my efforts and my work was validated and, and important, it was when we went to the Ugandan parliament with the five youth from Northern Uganda who we brought to the capital to um, advocate for better investment and more programming around public health in their communities. And so we escorted them into a meeting at parliament with the parliamentary health committee. So these are, you know, the leading policymakers, politicians in the country looking at health issues. And um, one of the youth who was quite quiet and reserved, and I was a little nervous about whether or not he was going to be able to rise to the occasion and speak to the parliamentarians, um, stood up and he said, you know, thank you for having us um, join you today. And he pointed to the data and said, the data we've collected shows that we are lacking access to clean water. And then he turned to them and said, it is your responsibility to help us get water into our communities. And it was just such a amazing moment. And I looked around and everyone was smiling. The parliamentarians were smiling so big. And it was just like, yes, this is what we did this entire program for so that these youth could go and use their own information and their own expertise and their knowledge to advocate for change um, in their own communities. One of the things that I'm very, very focused on is is youth-led and and youth-empowered programming. So oftentimes I take a backseat and I let my students and their partners in Uganda take the lead in developing these programs and implementing those programs. And I think that it's both a learning experience and incredibly powerful. In countries like Uganda, over 75% of the population is under 25. So the need to empower youth and have um, capacity building and a focus on the youth is is essential. It's not just fun and it's not just, um, you know, cute. It's essential to the, to the future of the country because that is the population and they need to be empowered to make change. We are so embedded in the communities and having them as equal and greater partners to the work so that there is no discussion of whether or not they know the research findings or whether they have access to research findings. They're engaged in the, in the, in discovering and and getting those research findings. And so, of course, they're involved in knowing what they are and disseminating them. And we term it, you know, these decolonized um, approaches to global health, where the international partner is really playing a backseat role and really a partner and um, not trying to insert themselves or lead in um, identifying specific things to work on, specific priorities, or dictating what solutions um, should be implemented. 
that this is more of a process. And through that process of community engagement and community capacity building, the communities themselves um, are able to identify their own priorities and the programs that are going to serve them. Right now, I have a number of projects ongoing in Uganda. One includes an, an National Institute of Health funded study that's working to help um, people with living with HIV quit tobacco use. Unfortunately, now about 30% of all HIV-related deaths are tobacco-related. So it's really important to help people um, with HIV quit tobacco use, and we're working to develop uh, different strategies, including a, a phone-based text app that can help um, to support them in their efforts to quit tobacco use. I'm also part of a center. It's a Geo Health Hub Center. It's a global environmental and occupational health hub. It's based in Addis Ababa University with hubs in Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, and Rwanda. And this is looking at uh, climate change issues as well as other environmental health issues. A lot of that work focuses on monitoring air pollution throughout those countries and linking that air pollution data to health effects amongst adults and particularly in children. And so those are some large NIH funded work that I'm doing. And then I have a lot of research that I'm personally funding or um, working through donors that um, to the GRIT lab that can support this community-based participatory research and impactful programming that we're doing in communities of need throughout the country. So that includes a youth public health ambassadors program where we train local youth to be experts um, in public health and to serve as resources in their community and to collect data from their community and to advocate with that data for change, as well as a really strong drowning prevention program partnered with the Ministry of Health to address what is a, a tragic burden of preventable death throughout the country. So there's a lot of different activities funded by a lot of different sources and a lot of opportunities for students to get involved in different types of work, whether that be data collection, data analysis, program development. And there's a lot of different opportunities related to kind of global health expertise that come from those different projects ongoing in Uganda. Every year I think, hmm, I might have to cut back on this work. It's getting a little overwhelming. And then I have these experiences where they're so rewarding for everyone involved that I recommit myself to making sure that it keeps going. I encourage all students um, and non-students alike and alumni in particular to reach out to me personally or to look onto our GRIT Lab website. It's sites.usc.edu um, slash GRIT Lab. And to, um, you know, let me know about your interest or um, your, any questions you may have about the work we're doing. I really welcome both input and collaboration and partnership. Uh, there's ways in which you can get involved. There's ways in which you can participate, whether you're a student or not. And so uh, this is really a, um, a community project for USC and, and beyond. And we can use everyone's enthusiasm and everyone's motivation and energy in working together to um, make healthier communities in Uganda and beyond and here in the United States as well. 
as I mentioned, a number of them were with me in Uganda this summer. And I'm hoping that as the world is increasingly turning back to normal and pre-pandemic practices, I'll once again be able to take larger numbers of students to get this experiential learning opportunities. Um, I find that it's so incredibly powerful and eye-opening for our students to have the experience in communities um, where they can really recognize and appreciate the talent, the potential, the capacity and skills that are in country already, both in young people at the university at Macquarie University who are superstars, um, brilliant collaborators and can be collaborators for life, as well as um, the individuals and, and, and youth in communities that are, you know, far, far away and, and rural and oftentimes um, neglected. And they're they're there and they have a lot to to give. And I think that's one of the main lessons that students get um, out of these experiences is that um, you know, there's there's strong, strong capacity and partnership available. Um, and we can work together and we can make change. So that's um, really exciting opportunities for undergraduates to participate in. Thank you for tuning in to Season 1 of Preventive Pros, the podcast. Join us in the fall for Season 2 to hear more about research and initiatives from our department. Until then, subscribe to our monthly Preventive Dose newsletter for the latest in population and public health research. Thank you for listening.